Welcome back to Hour 3 of Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella. How's it going today, Stella? This is a good show. It's, yeah. I mean, it makes me angry a lot of the times. I think that we can't do more than just talk about it. Like, if, I wish we could do more. Like, I don't know. We're not part of the legislature, but that's where you have to go to make all the changes, you know? I agree. Right. Yeah. Say, so, yeah, I got... Uh, Got my friend Peggy from Ohio on the line. Peggy, still with us there? Hold on. Down here. Okay, there you are. Got it. Okay, cool. So what's on your mind today? Great. Oh, well, you know, after teaching 32 years and all of that's pretty much high school level, special mm-hmm. ed, and then uh, I retired, you know, because I have health issues. But I miss it. And just being home and listening to all these talk shows and uh, people ranting and raving about, you know, just how bad teachers are just pisses me off. Because <laughs> I'm a Christian. I'm a conservative. I'm a patriot. And I did everything that I could possibly do, do it the right way. And then I hear people constantly putting the educational professionals down and it's just, it's degrading. So I just want to say that, you know, there are good ones out there. You can't just lump us all together. Um, That's often what happens nowadays is people get lumped together and, 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 you know, everybody gets put in the same box and it's terrible. It's yet another division tactic, I think. Yes. And, you know, when you think about the issues that the teachers are having to deal with now, I mean, it started there towards the end of my career. Um, I had students coming to me and they're, they're confused. They said, Oh, I'm confused. I don't, I don't think I'm a boy. I think I'm a girl, vice versa. Or they think, I think I'm gay or I think I'm bi. And it's like, this is not my responsibility. I am here to teach you, you know, reading, writing, and arithmetic, the Uh old-fashioned, old-fashioned saying. Um, We can talk about social issues, but that's not my job. And I would always say, I am not your mom and dad. Yeah. Right. And I would always remind my students that they need to talk to their parents about it. Good job. And we had counselors, of course, in the school building that would handle anything like this. My beef is when you have people that go to uh, conventions, for example, or state meetings, and it starts further up. That's where they get all these grandiose ideas of like, well, maybe we should start helping the students with this issue. And this is what we're going to do this year. And then they, they pan it out from the top and it trickles down to your school districts. And then all of a sudden, you know, at the beginning of the school year or mid year, we have these uh, in-house meetings. The kids get a day off and we've got all these trainings. And just because like the local health department got some kind of a grant from the state to come in and talk to us about, uh, let's say, you know, talking to students who who have these issues. Well, this is how you should handle it. I'm thinking, no, in my head, I'm thinking, no, this is not a teacher issue. I, I shouldn't have to be dealing with this. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And so they would set up steps. And I've even raised my hand a few times. It's like, how am I supposed to be teaching all these other many subjects? And then you want me to add this on to it? Um, so then they, they would re-rig it and say, well, okay, if, if you have a problem, then send the student over to the counselor's office. And then the student would come back, well, the counselor said I need to do this, this, and this. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, it, it was just it was getting out of hand. It really is. It's just getting out of hand. It's, you know, you start with the state, trickling down to the counties, and the counties telling all the school districts what they are going to do with all this extra uh, sauce, you know, they keep putting on us things that we need to all this extra work. I, I just, it's just frustrating. I'm just so glad I'm, I'm done. Well, I love teaching and I miss it, but yeah. all of this extra nonsense is ridiculous. I think the other two things too is that um, as my career went on, parents don't want to be parents. 
They really don't. They want to have the kids. They want to send the kids to school, and they don't want to have anything else to do with them. Even when they come home, they don't want to have the responsibility of doing the parental things like making sure Johnny sits down and gets his homework done, helping Johnny with, you know, the math problem that he just can't get through. That's just too tedious. Oh, well, email your teacher or text your teacher. Now, I taught high school, so I had students going out getting jobs. And when they got to their ending of the junior year, I would give them my number. I didn't have a problem with that Mm -hmm. because it meant a lot to me to see my students succeed in getting a part-time job. So they had to be able to give a reference. But when you got a parent that calls you all of a sudden, out of the way, well, Johnny can't do this. Okay, um, I'll go over it with him tomorrow at school because this is my time off. Well, can't you do this now? Okay, <laughs> my life too. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that kind oh, of falls into God. the same thing, Peggy, where we were talking about the uh, smartphones earlier, and you know why parents are giving their little kids smartphones and just letting them run amok with these smartphones without any concern whatsoever of what could be happening to them as a result of them constantly staring at a smartphone all the time. <laughs> you know, and, and yeah. it's the same thing. It's like, in a way... It's kind of like they're using the smartphone to to get get rid of the kids so they don't have to deal with them. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. First it was the Nintendo yeah, and those box games and all that. Now it's the phone. Yeah. They're babysitters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Free. Pretty much. Free babysitter. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, wow. And Peggy, wouldn't you say that uh, when you talk about some of the teachers that are going along with that, it's the younger generation that have been indoctrinated already. You weren't indoctrinated. Right. You were taught to be a teacher and teach them how to read, like you said, read, write, and spell, whatever. But these yeah. younger teachers now have been already indoctrinated by the system to go ahead and, and get involved in something that's none of their business, like teaching them anything. Exactly. Yeah, and the older teachers are like, yeah. no, Young we don't do that. Yeah, it's just mm-hmm. it's just a shame that they've gone that far, you know. That, that yep. younger generations, I can definitely vouch for that one because that's where I saw most of the problems were the younger ones. Um, that's only been out of college for like the past five to ten years. Mm-hmm. I have uh, two friends that are teachers, and they teach, uh, I think, third or fourth grade, and they see the other teachers trying to do that to their children, and they don't speak up. And they said, well, we're outnumbered. You know, all of them, they agree with all that, and we're the only ones that don't agree, so we just stay out of it and keep our mouths shut. Mm-hmm. Well, I know mm-hmm. I know. when I was in school back, back then, it's like if there was something I was doing in school that my teacher thought that my parents should really know about this like if you're i remember like you know if we were misbehaving in school or whatever it's like our parents were told about it right, so exactly shouldn't shouldn't parents be put in the loop if if there's like some kind of issue like this going on with their child so that the parent can be in the loop and be part of the conversation i mean at, at what point do the teachers call the parents and say hey you know this is this is what's going on with, you know, little Johnny or whatever. And, and, you know. But telling them to hide it from their parents is the worst. Yeah. You know, yeah. Don't tell your parents. Hiding about this. it? No. That's just definitely not okay. No, I don't, it's not. What do you think, Peggy? I mean, how did you deal with things like that? Well, most of the school districts I was in had a policy um, that you had to make so many parent contacts a week, which is great. And of course, you guys, I, I'm in Ohio, so. <laughs> Completely different. Um, We had to make contacts every week to a certain number of parents. And then myself, since I taught high school special ed, um, I was in more contact with parents than the normal regular ed teachers. Um, The younger teachers, I noticed that they really don't talk to parents as much. I always tried to build a relationship with them because that's how I could usually get my 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 needs taken care of when it comes sure. to you know them sending things in, getting their work done, showing up right. to an activity on time. Because um, we would do like after school activities. I had uh, one place where we would do uh, weekend activities a couple months out of the school year. So yeah, I mean that goes above and beyond what a regular ed teacher does. 
you know, they don't do that. They'll make do a club, but that would be about it. Um, yeah, I think parents need to be teammates with the teacher, plain yeah. and simple. But if you don't have a parent that's interested in being a parent, it's and I've had those, it's really difficult to get any cooperation to make it successful. Well, at what point do you call up the parent and say, hey, this is what's going on with your child, and I just thought you should know? Um, right away. <laughs> that's what I would think. Exactly. I mean, if you know, the parents should certainly know. Mm-hmm. You gotta nip it at the bud. But then I knew my parents too. Yeah. I, I because I made that relationship with the parent. I knew what that parent would want to know, and when they would want to know it. And most of them would want me to call them like immediately, or at the end of a class, class change, or I mean, I I would make a phone call. Or the here lately, you know, the last few years, I could just text them and say, "Hey, this is going on." So, you know, I I think what's going on is I think they're actually, and this is this is yet another argument for saying that we need to get rid of the Department of Education, and in the case of New Mexico, get rid of the PED, um, because they're making these crazy decisions up on a high, and then they're passing this down on the local level, and 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 adopting these policies um, in which yep. suddenly things have flipped around now to where the, the, the child has authority over the parents instead of the other way around. And, and I, I think, yeah. you know, a, a child, when they're a minor, their parent should needs to, needs to be in the loop about what everything, 100% needs to be involved. I wholeheartedly agree. I'm all about getting rid of the special or the whole state department of education. Cause like you said, they don't know what's going on. People in, in the community are the ones that need to be in charge of that board of education. They are the ones that need to be making sure what's going on in the school system, but they also have to have faith in the teachers that are teaching too. Yeah. I know you had guests on your show before about <laughs> and I, that just I got red under the collar with that one, too, is about recording. Now, I know New, New Mexico is different with their laws, but, you know, here, if, if a parent was to make a secret recording of um, a classroom, and let's say a device was left in the closet and it was recording and picked up, uh, meeting, if I was to have an IEP meeting, that's completely illegal here in Ohio. Yeah. You can't do that. So, because that would be a violation of privacy. Right. So, yeah. So, yeah. But, um, you know, but there should be nothing to hide when you're actually teaching a class. No. 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 Should not. No. Maybe what they should start doing is just uh, maybe they should start uh, having the all the classes on a live feed that the parents can eavesdrop uh, anytime they want. Yeah, there's a real collaborative. That's not a bad idea, huh? Effort. Well, they no, were doing that know? Uh, when they were in the COVID area when the kids were in school. Right. Yeah. I remember watching a little boy from my friend, and he goes, "Well, he just he has to be in class, so he'll just sit there." And he was sitting there watching, you know, whatever the teacher said. And I walked by, and and I could see her looking at me like that, like watching me and then they told him something about well we can see that flag hanging right there you need to go take that flag down you know like it's my house why what do you care what you know he's just here for studying for the day but they want to make start making rules for me take that flag down why is she walking there behind you like well, I was in my house. I didn't realize that they were like just centering just on him I thought that they were all watching her you know but no she's watching them and everything going around in their home Huh. That was really creepy. Yeah, that yeah. sounds creepy. I yeah. do believe that it should be more collaborative mm-hmm. with the parents. And I don't understand mm-hmm. why uh, teachers feel it's a breach of confidence to, it's kind of a weird breach, or I mean, a weird confidence kind of thing that they have with the student, too. Yeah. When uh, there really isn't anything written into the school policies about not disclosing information to parents, right? 
I mean, especially the situations are this concerning, you know, about well, this their is, children. Well, this is a major concern. This I is know. a major situation. This is a life-altering uh, exactly. uh, thing that's going on with this in this child's head that needs the parent needs to be involved. Right. And it's the same, you know, you know applies to mandated reporting. You know, if, if there's a child, and I see teachers all the time in my professions that you know, a child is exhibiting suicidal ideation or homicidal uh, thoughts, things like that. Those things are disclosed right away. And uh, to me, I feel that some of these issues are, they fall into that, into that category. They're concerning. They're very concerning and they can lead to those types of behaviors, antisocial, mm. if they're not addressed appropriately with parents. Yeah. Yeah. Peggy, anything else? Nope, can't think of <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks for calling in. It was nice hearing from you. Yeah, you too. Take care. Okay, talk to you soon. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay, bye. Right, bye. Bye. All right, so you want to move on to the next topic? Is there anything else we haven't said about this? No, I no, think we've said enough. It's but troubling. I think you that could. Is. I think you could never say enough all the time. You have to just stay on it. Right. Stay on it because if you forget about it for an instant, they'll it'll you know jump up in leaps and bounds to the opposite direction if you don't stay on top of it. If you don't keep talking about it and keep saying this is not their business, they they're not they're not here to teach them this. They're to teach them how to survive in the world. Even to teach them how to cook and do an oil change. That other stuff is not. None of your business to be talking to about That's a child. Right. What yeah. happened to home economics in school? Yeah. Teach yeah. him how to survive. That'd be a good. Yeah, right? I like that class. Mm-hmm. So, as all of you in New Mexico know, unless you've completely got your head buried in the sand, you know that uh, the tiny tyrant came out uh, last Friday um, and decided by decree she was going to ban the uh, carrying of firearms. Open carry. Open carry in in Albuquerque. And, of course, she was working on the entire state of New Mexico, in my opinion. But but not only that, but also suspending concealed carry, okay, which is a permit which was obtained by by the state. Right. Why to suspend that, too? Um without any kind of legislature legislative approval and, and and I'm telling you this all has got started by the scandemic this normalization of especially in the state of New Mexico in which the governor can, can by decree put out a mandate an emergency it's an emergency it's yeah. an emergency it's a public health emergency what does that even mean right i, I don't know but but emergency or not the constitution is absolute right rights are absolute and and i i don't know how many times i've said this that a right is not given by the government so therefore it cannot be taken away by the government the second amendment is simply you know i i thought of something the other day about the bill of rights and I was, there was debate between the Founding Fathers about whether or not the Bill of Rights should even be included in the Constitution at all. And there were a couple of uh, the signers that said, no, I, I – that said, you know, that were really pushing because they felt it was important to, to really, really emphasize these rights um, by saying, no, it absolutely has to be in there or I'm not going to sign. And then there were others that were afraid – of that, well, you know, if we put this in there, they might later on misconstrue this to uh, think that it's uh, in some way a privilege given by the government. Mm. Um, and a lot of people don't understand. You know, one thing I thought about, about the way, especially uh, back during the founding of the country, in which they would write an important piece of legislation. One thing they always included at the beginning of that legislation was a thing they called a preamble. Mm -hmm. Even the Constitution, the U.S. Constitution has a preamble. And I've explained this before, that the preamble is kind of like a cover letter for the the overall idea of the entire document. Kind of like when I do an opening monologue for my show every week. It's kind of like an overall uh, idea I have for the show for the day. 
Um, the preamble works the same way. I believe that, okay, I think it was a good idea to have the Bill of Rights included with the Constitution, but it should have been like a separate thing. The, 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 the first ten amendments, that is the Bill of Rights. Any other amendments that are after that are not part of the Bill of Rights. The Bill of Rights is a different thing altogether. The rest of the Constitution explains how the government was organized, how the different branches of the government are, you know, what they're very, and, and, it, and it spells out exactly what powers that the government has its specific powers for the government and nothing more just that the bill of rights is a different thing altogether the bill of rights shows the the rights that we inherently have by god in which the government does not have authority over those rights so i think the bill of rights which is the first through the Tenth Amendment should have been separate, and they should have had their own preamble to explain what the Bill of Rights was all about. And I'm really surprised that the Founding Fathers didn't think of that idea, um, because it could have solved a lot of problems. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, explaining this is not privileges. These are rights, and right. these are rights that the government has no power over to take away. The government did not take them, did not give them. The government cannot take them away. Um, just a thought I had. What you think that sounds like a great idea, Vicki? I think it's a perfect idea because we, uh, well, it was written. Uh, I don't think it was written the way uh, things should be going now. I think it's, it is a right and our to bear arms is is a right. Yeah. It, it it infuriates me to think that that right would be taken away based on a mandate that well she says is I don't know she's confusing everybody. Yeah. It it's it's not cool the way she's confusing everybody and to thinking she, that they don't have a right to yeah. bear arms. Yeah. So well I'll tell you what um me and a whole lot of other people I know we're not going to take that laying down. Mm, mm, mm. And, not and, at all. and last Sunday, we had a big protest at uh, in Old Town. And I can tell you, uh, if the if you listen to the news and they said there was about a hundred people there, uh, they're lying as usual. There were a lot more than a pe- hundred, lot more than a hundred people there, mm-hmm. and almost all of us were carrying in right. in protest and in support of our right, justifiably, to yes. keep and bear arms, and. So there is actually, I've I've had people coming out and saying, well, we need to have the sheriff go arrest her. And there actually is a legal basis to support that statement. And it is in Mm -hmm. Title 18, USC, Section 242. You can look this up. It was not hard to find. I looked it up. And it says here, this is what it reads. Whoever under color of law, color of any law, mainly somebody representing themselves as a government official in, you know, in authority in some way, color of any law, statute, ordinance, regulation, or custom willfully subjects any person in any state, territory, commonwealth, possession, or district to the deprivation of any rights privileges or immunity secured or protected by the Constitution or laws of the United States shall be fined, shall, okay, there's that word, and I've explained to what shall means. That's, that's, that's absolute. Shall. It will be done. Right. No exception. Yet it's not being done here. Nope. Shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than one year or both. And if bodily injury results from the acts committed in violation of this section or if such acts include the use or attempted use or threatening use of a dangerous weapon, explosive. It goes on. The rest of it doesn't really apply. But she clearly violated our right to keep and bear arms. Oh, absolutely. In the Constitution per this law. Right. And yet it's not being enforced because the cowardly law enforcement that we have in this state 
Nobody wants to be the one to rock the boat. What are they afraid of? I don't get it. Because, you know, if, if I was a sheriff, I'd say, no, we're going to show the people this is the way it's done. Exactly. And stand up and, and be one of the first to, to follow the law and, and arrest her. But why why are they so afraid? Or, or why do they back up? I mean, I think it's going to take a woman sheriff to go in there. A woman would do it. <laughs> think that might work? I would yeah. do it. Yeah. I wonder, in a heartbeat. <laughs> I wonder why she feels she's above the law. Yeah. Or everybody else is not. I think she's a psychopath myself. I think so. Now, this would be a good topic to ask (laughs) you. You've observed her behavior, Vicki. What's your thoughts on the tiny tyrant? I personally think that she's got a Napoleon complex. Yeah, we talked about that Because she's a little midget. And I think that she is a sociopath, at, at least, at minimum, and, and a narcissist. Well, that, yeah, you, this, a narcissist, a power dynamic, that's totally her. Self-absorbed um, with her position. And she's abusing her power. Absolutely doing that. And I, I'm really perplexed as to why she has so many followers. It kind of reminds me of the Pied Piper of Hamlin kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of attitude and mentality that's been going on, um, it's, it's not a good way to run a government. It's not a good way to run a state and um, ensure that your people are safe in there. You know, So I would say self-absorbed, totally. Yeah, narcissism, sociopath. It amazes me how many anti-American, because what they're doing is anti-American. Very. How many anti-American followers that she would have, or Biden even, you know, an anti... What made you hate yourself so much in your country that you would go that route? You know, that's a total hatred of Americans and what we stand for, freedom. Blatantly. Yes. Yeah. You know, Josie here watching us on Facebook, she says MLG has a God complex and the right? laws do not apply to her. Uh-huh. I mean, she actually she made that pretty, pretty damn clear when she says, well, you know, my oath of office is not absolute. Wow. Yeah, that's a Godplex, God complex. Uh, yeah. And time. That's the unsaid words that have now been said. Yep. And they can't take that back. It's it's out there. We know that all the Democrats believe this. Mm-hmm. We know Joe Biden believes this. You know, Joe Biden did go as far as saying that the Constitution is not absolute. Yes, it is absolute, Joe. It's totally wow. absolute. Well, she says the same thing. She says it, too. But yeah. she added that her oath of office is not absolute, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Okay, so come up on the last segment. I want to talk a little bit more about this topic. I've got a really uh, interesting social media video from James Freeman where he was confronting some state police at the at the state fair, and he, <laughs> I'm really surprised he didn't get arrested. Anyway, you're listening to Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella. We'll be back. Interested in getting your concealed carry permit? Perkins Protection Training offers state-approved concealed carry classes for both New Mexico and Utah, taught by a certified NRA instructor, local woman-owned and ran by husband-wife team since 2004. Individual coaching, ensuring every student learns according to their individual needs, complete with pre-class and follow-up tutoring. One-on-one, beginner, and advanced classes also available. Mention KDAZ for 10% off class. Call 505-238-1214. That's 505-238-1214 or on the web at PerkinsProtectionTraining.com. Are you a small business with unique skills that believes it can bring value to Sandia or our other national labs and would like to grow your national lab contract portfolio? Then listen up. Working with any of the national labs can be overwhelming. From the lengthy terms to the bureaucratic red tape, it can feel like these labs don't want to work with small businesses. Nothing could be further from the truth. They want and need exceptional small businesses to be part of their supply chain. I can help you. My name is Asa Bortz Johnson, owner of Sandia Consulting Group. I spent 10 years as a subcontract manager at Sandia Labs and can help you navigate the bureaucracy. My central objectives are to increase your firm's probability of winning a contract, minimize your administrative burden, 
shorten the time frame from proposal to purchase order and maximize your firm's profit. Give me a call at 505-362-3499 or go to my website at sandiaconsultinggroup.com. Schedule your no-cost meet and greet to discuss how Sandia Consulting Group can support your mission. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Genter from High Desert Chiropractic and Wellness. For 27 years, I've been helping patients by gently treating the root cause of their health issues, not just symptoms. Treatments include various chiropractic techniques and therapies, such as electrical stimulation, ultrasound and intersegmental traction, or the roller table. Let's help you be your best self by helping you achieve optimal wellness and maintain it lifelong. Located at 5310 Homestead Road, Northeast, call us at 505 292 Do you need a trailer to haul something around? Check out my friends at JP Trailer Sales. They've been doing business in Albuquerque for seven years. Whether you're hauling cars, landscaping equipment, dirt, or your favorite off-road toys, JP Trailers has the perfect trailer at a great price to fit your needs. They have open trailers, enclosed trailers, and can even do special orders. You'll always receive great, friendly customer service, and no appointment is ever needed. Stop by their location at 7605 San Pedro Drive, Northeast in Albuquerque, Monday through Saturday, 10 to 5 p.m. You can also call them at 505-469-1667 or 505-557-8164 or check them out on the web at flatbedtrailersusa.com. Did you realize that our skin is the largest organ of the body? How often do we pay attention to what it's telling us? Hi, I'm Tomei with Skin LLC, and we don't just cover up imperfections, we heal them. Our skin being the largest organ of the body tells a story. Beauty and skin alike are often overlooked because we get overwhelmed with so much daily input. You can learn your own skin and beauty story through the customized treatments we provide, personalized just for you. Let us give you the education, healing, rejuvenation, and restoration to support your journey. Call or text 505-918-4211, mention this ad for a free phone consultation, and visit our website at abqskinllc.com. That number again is segment of Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella. Want to send us your comments and questions? Email us at Becca, B-E-C-C-A at freedomspeaknm.com. And if you want to call in and join the conversation, if you're watching us live, the number is 505-444-5059. And we are always happy to hear from you. We are. <laughs> so we're talking about uh, the uh, the tiny tyrant, Santa Fe. <laughs> By decree, the tiny tyrant has uh, said that uh, that we are not allowed to uh, have our Second Amendment right. Actually, okay, let me rephrase that. We're not allowed to exercise our right protected by the Second Amendment in the city of Albuquerque. And then she came out with after when everybody said, but we're law-abiding citizens. She said, I realize the criminals are not going to pay attention to this. Well, well Right, right. Uh, oh, yeah. they definitely are. Oh, oh yeah, Big yeah, time. yeah. And, and she claims that it's, it's for the children. <laughs> yeah. How many times have we made fun of that statement that the Democrats are always saying? It's for the children. Mm-hmm. It's like they use that to, to appeal to your sensitivities and, and your feelings. And it's like, and a lot of people are willing to just roll over and, and, and give, up their, give up their freedom uh, because of, of these sort of things. And, and then she claims that, it, that she's concerned about our safety, Okay, so she's concerned about our safety. So what she's doing is she has already admitted that the criminals are still going to be armed, mm-hmm. and she wants to make sure we're not armed. How does that? How is that concerned about your I, safety, right? How does that make any sense? No, we're sitting ducks. Yeah, exactly. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. 
So Not that's just going to embolden the criminals more. Right. It is. Well, you're sitting ducks anyway because, you know, like uh, Stephanie Lord and Bill Ream, they brought up all kinds of, let's do something about the crime. And there's bills that they proposed to start in the crime. And she didn't want to hear about them. That That's not in her concern. That's not anything we want to talk about during the legislature, controlling crime in Albuquerque, especially, you know, we're like the highest in crime next to, I mean, God forbid, Chicago, where there's right. a ton more people, you know. And we're up there in, in the crime, and she never wants to hear, uh, hear, talk about crime. We've been talking about it since she first was elected into office, about how she, we need to get rid of that Daniels Law, because that's what's letting the criminals walk free. She didn't want to hear about it. She does not want to talk about it. Let's talk about raising taxes and giving her staff raises. And this was all much more important to her than crime in our communities. So I saw an interesting article on nationalreview.com <laughs> this is really great okay so you know how the governor says that her uh, oath of office is not absolute the constitution is not absolute so apparently just the 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 rule of law is not absolute mm-hmm. so in the uh, national review said so why not arrest her okay the obvious rejoinder to this suggestion is the law but as she has made perfectly clear, Lujan Grisham doesn't believe in all of that nonsense. In defense of her executive order, she has provided nothing except the reiteration of her desire. She has cited no statute, invoked no constitutional provision, pointed to no court order or precedent or wrinkle. Hers is an assertion. I believe there is an emergency, therefore I must. Two can play that game. More than anything else, the framers of America's constitutional order feared executive tyranny. They built a nation of laws, not men, of constitutions, not caprice, of legislatures, not kings. If the people of New Mexico now live in a choose-your-own-adventure book, why, to, why is it to stop any of them, too, from declaring an emergency and acting accordingly? Luhan Grisham has said that she is obliged to take a tough, direct stand, lest she be seen to be ignoring the problem. Her aim, she has confirmed, is to send a resounding message. So arrest her, without a warrant and without cause. Put her in prison for 30 days without a trial. They've certainly done that to the January Sixers. Raise her taxes to 100% without an appropriations bill. Take her property without reimbursement. Quarter some troops in her home. Impose an excessive fine. Hit her with all with a bill of attainder. Imposed ex facto post facto if possible, and for good measure, prevent her from complaining about it by imposing a month-long gag order to be lifted once this emergency has been gone. Does that sound familiar to you guys? Very. Does that sound familiar? That is exactly what they have been doing to us. Look at all the businesses that got fined like $5,000 because they weren't following exactly her rules. A lot of businesses got closed, but she fined all of them. Exactly. Terrible. She should be fined also. I think so. Yeah. But she's above the law. Right. Oh. Well, maybe we should be above the law too. Right. Right. I We're the people. So. We have the power. Well, right okay. On. So t- let's arrest her. Let's they- not worry about whatever laws that might. Let's arrest her. Let's put her in jail. Um, let's uh, force her to accept a, a plea bargain and keep her in jail until she does. They, right. They, they there we us. go. That's what they're doing to the January Sixers. Well, they taught us how to do it. Right. They taught us. They taught us how. Let's follow the rules. Yeah. Yeah. Those rules sound good to me now. It goes on on to say, would that be wrong? Here's a challenge. Explain why it would be wrong without appealing to the rule of law. In Lujan Grisham's estimation, no constitutional right, including my oath, is intended to be absolute. All right. Let's suspend them both. For a month only, her oath will be on hiatus and her rights will be deferred. Don't worry. It's not a permanent abridgment. It's a targeted moratorium for the public good. Right on. There are restrictions on my freedoms. The governor insists. Let's So then let's impede them. Right let's on. Tell, let's tell her it's only going to be for 30 days. Yep. Like she told us it was only going to be for two weeks. Right. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And here we go. And if that's a problem... 
then she can take it to the courts. By design, her approach has been to restrict first and litigate later. Surely, she too must live under that rule. I've warned everyone that we expect a direct challenge, she told the press. If that's good enough for the people, it's good enough for the governor. Once the necessary actions have been taken, she can file an objection. In the meantime, though, it will stand. It's regrettable, but there's no choice. Some things must be done, and this is something. That's how emergencies work, right? right. And she works for us. Exactly. <laughs> so there you go. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I love this article. This person's a genius that oh, wrote this. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I, I know. That's I know. perfectly stated. Perfectly. Colin, let's bring him on the show. Yeah. I, you know, I might just have to do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so the other day... Our, our friend James Freeman uh, that does some live streaming, he uh, he went to the state fairgrounds and I want, there was. I want to hear it. I want to hear I, it. I, I'm going to play yeah, okay. it. Okay. Well, let me let me <laughs> let me explain. Let me set it up here first. Todd <laughs> Stella's always in such a hurry. <laughs> I know. So, so, I get excited. <laughs> so anyway, he goes there, and the state police are providing security at the gate for the state fair. So he decides he's going to go there, and he's going to – and this is before the injunction went into effect to basically put her stupid illegal order on hold. So he went there with his open carry sidearm, walked up to the state police that were there, asking them about the governor's order, if they're going to to enforce this order. It's like – and – and so here we go. Let me play this, and then we can talk about this a little okay. bit more. But let me play this. I know, I know, Stella's just really. I love, to hear this. I love okay. rebels. Okay, <laughs> I do too. Here we go. Here's James Freeman on Facebook. Okay. We can't comment too much about it. I would reach out to our PIO, our public information officer, to ask questions about this. Okay. Exactly authorized to give interviews. No, I wasn't looking for an interview. I was just going to see if you'd uphold your oath or, or obey the governor, one way or the other. Yeah, so we, we definitely, we uphold, we do uphold our, our oath, um, and the directives that we get from, from our supervisors and stuff, we, we do we do follow our directives as well. So Even if they violate your oath? We, do, we just follow our directives. So Fair enough. I get that, man. I uh, My grandfather was a Nazi, so I get that, bro. I totally, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well, let me know. I mean, it's, it's you got to put food on your family's table, and I understand that sometimes you got to take food off of other people's table to feed your family. You know what yeah, I mean? It's, and that's, that's pretty much the extent on where we can answer, sir. Um, yeah. I mean, we, we can do, like, press interviews or interviews and stuff like that. I know you're, you're probably live streaming, you have, like, your group and stuff, but we do have a public information office. It's like, Ow! (laughs) Well, my grandfather was a Nazi, and so I understand. You know, I was only following orders. How many times have we heard that in history, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, ongoing. Yeah. So, (laughs) this is something I've been talking to people about for so long. These state police, I mean, they've come out right out and said, oh, yes, well, we, uh, yes, we, uh, but we, uh, you know, we follow our oath. We, 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 you know, we respect our oath, but we also follow directives. Okay, which one do you do? <laughs> and he even just straight up answered him, well, what if the directives go against your oath? Right. Well, we follow our directives. Okay, so you don't follow your oath. Right. So, you know, we've got these cowardly law enforcement officers. The state police are simply just the Gestapo arm for for the governor. They're her private, uh, private, you know, police force. So they're not going to go up against her. But the elected sheriff in the different counties, yeah. uh, they could enforce this U.S. law that's on the books. I mean, she's clearly violated it. What is yeah. holding it back is what I ask. Well, you know, it's obvious. And, and everybody knows the sheriff has the top you know, law enforcement. He's the top, you know, the sheriff is above APD and everybody right. else. So what is holding all these sheriffs back? Why doesn't one of them step up and say, okay, this is it. We're done playing games. Um, you're going to jail the way they would tell us. Exactly. If we were doing anything like that, we would go straight to They wouldn't hesitate to put us in jail. Right. No. Well, so, then what is the problem? There's some kind know. of fear from the top going on here. Mm-hmm. Well, it's all it become is. politicized, it's and politicized. Ev- everybody's afraid of you know retribution for this. Everybody's living in fear, inc- including the police. 
That's you, th- you, think it was, you think it was the January 6th that did it? They see those poor guys with no, uh, they haven't been found guilty of anything really, but they're sending them for 22 years. And I mean, the guy that got 22 years wasn't even there at the insurre- no. so-called insurrection. No, he wasn't there. But all the other ones have been rotting in jail there and they have no trial date. I mean, they're guilty, found guilty right away instead of innocent before you get a trial. Yeah, that's not the and, way and they'll And who knows how long they'll be there. And and they're not in luxury accommodations like the FBI jails or whatever. They're living in, they said, roach-infested, nasty, snarling, disgusting places, you know, and they haven't really proven anything against them. But if you dare go against the narrative, that's, yeah. where, you, that's where you'll end up. And that's where people are fr- probably afraid. I think but so. some, at some point, you have to be like the people that are in there and say, I'm going to stand up no matter what. I mean, what can you do? Keep me in here forever? And... Maybe you can, but you. we have to stand up as a people. We can't just let them keep overriding the laws and overriding everything to suit them so that they can rule over us. Right. We have to stand up. Tamara says the sheriffs are yellow. <laughs> they yeah. have no cojones. No, no cojones. cojones. No, yeah. no. Mm-hmm. They're cowards. Yep. They're cowards. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are cowards in this state, you know? So, and I, I, so you think a female should run for sheriff? <laughs> hey, why not? Well, I think a female you know? would have already down there and, and taken care of it and said, no, you're not getting away with this. This is, you know, we give life, the females do. We're the givers of life, and you're taking life from us in so many different ways, and you're not going to get away with it. So you, you know, I think another woman would do the job. I think she would step up and do it. These men aren't doing anything. Right. Uh, none of them. There's a lot of sheriffs. Any one of them could step up and do that. Why have none of them done it? Is there a female sheriff around that you know of? I don't I, know. I, I think they're all men. I, I don't so. know of any. Not in this state. No. no. I don't think we so. We need a female in there. I agree. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, this law is on the books. I mean, they could arrest her. Legitimate. You know, there is precedent to do it. I mean, there and is a law. And these people are wondering why we haven't. You know, why not arrest her? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you know, because this whole show trial going on with Donald Trump right now. Mm-hmm. This is all about show. Mm-hmm. This is all about. This is all about making him look bad and trying to turn public opinion against him. Is what it's all about. Even so why don't we do the same thing to them? We've got a legitimate reason right now. For the sheriff to go up there and rest her. Right. Haul her out in cuffs, make it a big media event. Mm-hmm. Uh, become famous. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. become famous. Mm-hmm. Come on, come on, sheriff. You're missing an opportunity here. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. You're totally missing. No such thing as bad press. Make, yeah. make history. What are you in there for? I mean, just a sheriff? Make a sh- Be a sheriff that made history. Right. Yeah. No kidding. Now the history he's making isn't he's not making any moves. That's, mm-hmm. that's the history he's making. Not making a move. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. No movement. So. The law enforcement in this, in this state is coming uh, coming out looking like a bunch of cowards, right. and they're they're looking like they're all afraid of this little midget. What this little midget's going to do to them? Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid of the little midget. No. I I even said, hey, I'm going to go to that rally on Sunday. I'm going to I'm going to be carrying, and you can arrest me if you want to. Oh wow! And I'll take you to court. Right. You know, yeah. I, I, I found out something interesting. Uh, the the one I have an insurance that I carry. And a lot of people at concealed carry have uh, an in, insurance through U.S. Law Shield. I found out an interesting piece of information from uh, from them in which they said that yes, we will absolutely cover your legal expenses if you are arrested uh, under this illegal order. Cool. Yeah, I like absolutely. That. That's good for everybody to know. It did, is. You, did you all hear that out yeah. there? So I got legal. I got a lawyer ready to go. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know. Yeah. Um. People thinking that mandates are laws. You know, I I had an interesting thing happen to me. I went down to uh, Las Cruces the other day to uh, do a job, and I went to a um, gas station, a Valero gas station down there and this is still going on people have still not learned you know i go in there and i notice that uh, i i got a whole bunch of little items that i that i put on the counter and they're not gonna you know i guess businesses don't believe in just courtesy anymore of taking care of the customer so now they're trying to charge you for bags okay oh, oh i know yeah i've seen that a lot and they're blaming it on now this particular um person that was working the counter at this Valero gas station was blaming the mayor. 
okay, saying, well, the mayor has mandated, it's like I'm so sick of that word, it doesn't even apply to us as citizens. No. Mandates do not apply to us as citizens, okay? just And somehow they've made you believe that it does. I do not follow mandates. I don't recognize mandates. Mandates do not apply to me, okay? Period. So... I find out that if I want a bag to put all of my things in, I guess I'm I'm I guess I'm supposed to just pick all this stuff in, in my arms and carry it out of there, you know. Um, they make shoplifting that I gotta so pay easy. For I mean, it's not very <laughs> right? much. It's ten ten cents. But you know, I was told that it would cost me ten cents because the the mayor mandated it. Now, here's the thing: according to what this person believes that was working at this store, that the mayor has the authority to tell a business, you are not allowed to provide a bag to your customer. And if you do provide a bag to the customer, you have to charge them for it. Hmm. Well, you know, this whole thing got normalized during the scandemic in which uh, we were led to believe that the governor, the mayor, whatever, can tell a business how to run their business, can tell a business that they need to break a contract. Okay, that's specifically against the law for the government to tell a business to do something that is going to breach a contract that they have. Right. Okay? Because, like, when you have a business, like, for instance, restaurants, they have contracts with food suppliers to to buy food and have it delivered on a certain date and that sort of thing. And they have, they have different contracts with different vendors. Well, basically, they had to break all these contacts, contracts because the government made them do it. So, apparently, this mayor in Las Cruces believes that he can tell businesses how to run their business. And this person believes that this mandate is a law. Okay? And I don't know how many times I heard people talking about mandates. Well, it's a law. Well, no, it's not a law. It's a mandate, and mandates are not laws. Right. It's merely a suggestion. <laughs> it is. Really, at best, it's a suggestion. Mm-hmm. At best. You know, and I looked up the definition of a mandate, and it doesn't, in, in, in no definition I could find, does it include we the people being told, ordered, and required to do anything by the government. Right. No, it doesn't. Mandates don't apply to us, and that's what a lot of people don't understand. Any thoughts on that, you guys? Yeah. Nope. That that's where they they mislead the public uh, to believe that it's law. I agree. By just by just the reactions and the way they're acting. Oh no, the go- the governor or the mayor has said that this is you know we can't do this or whatever, and so they believe that it's law written in stone now when it's not. It's nothing. Right. I mean, even the word is intimidating. So that's a good. It is. It's mm-hmm. a power word that they've chosen. And you yeah. could also you could also even say that the word is not inclusive. Right. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying it. A mandate. I mean, doesn't doesn't anybody found find that offensive in some way? I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, what was I going to say here? Um, oh, so and here's the thing that was also said is the. The lady at the gas station I was at was talking about how there were all these plastic bags that were showing up in the ocean and stuff like that. And, and that, well, this was a good thing. Well, maybe it is a good thing. Maybe it is, uh, maybe it is preventing some, some people from littering because they have to carry their crap out without a bag, um, which personally I don't get that myself. But that's but that's the explanation that's being given and people are buying into it because it, it and maybe you can dive into this a little bit, Vicky, about how you appeal to people's uh, feelings about things and then you get them to basically forget about things like their rights and their freedom because it's all about their feelings and it's all about well it's going to save the environment it's going to it's going to prevent all those bags from ending up in the ocean and killing the fish and stuff like that but but are are people taken are i'm not really seeing you know back when we i i know back when we were kids 
that people would just litter without thinking about it. Right. They'd throw crap out of their windows when they were going down the road in their cars, and there'd be just litter all over the place. I mean, when I was a kid, I've talked about this before, I used to make a nice little uh, side income when I was a little kid by riding my bicycle along the road and picking up glass bottles that right? people threw out of their car. Oh, yeah, Because there you go. that's how soda was served in the machines back then right. before there were aluminum cans and stuff. People would throw the glass bottles out. Well, there was a deposit I could collect on them at the grocery store. Oh, yeah. But people, for the most part, don't think that way anymore. And it's like, I don't really know how these plastic bags are ending up in the ocean. But for the most part, people are not throwing plastic bags out on the ground. I'm just not really seeing that. Um, maybe there's some way that maybe I'll research that, figure out how that's happening. But, but because of that, about people, how they feel about litter and things like that. Remember that old commercial with the guy that was supposed to be an Indian and, and he was in that area and it was all littered up yeah, and trashed out. The, uh, the guy wasn't really even an Indian. Right. <laughs> the, the guy with the tear in his eye. Exactly. exactly. That yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. remember him. Yeah. I still re- that that was a par- apparently a very powerful commercial stuff because I still remember it to this day. Mm-hmm. I, well, I do too. And that was a long time. That was a good commercial, wasn't uh-huh. it? Yeah, it's really really effective. But you know, if it encouraged some people not to be litter bugs, I'm all for it. You mm-hmm. know, but but the point I'm making here is that you know that the ends justify the means apparently, and it's like, well, it doesn't matter that the mayor doesn't have the uh, authority to make a law. But since it's good for a good cause, uh, then then it's okay. So well, so I just have one question. Yeah. Did you pay the ten cents? Yeah. I really needed the bag. Yeah, that's right. what I thought. So right. so you're accused of taking the bag now because you are paid the ten cents for it, and you're the cause of the bags in the ocean here in New Mexico. Apparently, mm-hmm. and you know the thing is, yeah, the, they're going to do that. Now. These bags that they're selling you are made out of thick plastic. They're not all, thick. not all of them. The ones at the triangle, very very thick. They're thick, you know? So it's like, and I told the girl at the counter, I said, you realize people are going to throw this bag away too, and only it's a much thicker bag that's, that's like never going to break down ever, mm-hmm. you know? And it's probably got, uh, you know, 10 times more mass than one of those thin little bags. But it's reusable. It's reusable, right? That that, And, you know, she made that point with me. Well, it's reusable. I said, do you think anybody re- re- reuses? How many people do you have come into the gas station with their plastic bag in hand? <laughs> to use <laughs> never 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 have and not only that but having plastic bags and reusing them with like stuff you put in in your grocery bag okay like for instance let's say you go buy a buy a, a pound of, of ground beef those bags the, you know those ground beef packages they're always oozing a little bit of blood and stuff out of them you know they're never really totally sealed mm-hmm. so you let that stuff you put it in your bag and that, you know, that seepage is getting in the bag. And then you put the bag, and of course you got salmon, salmonella and all kinds of whatever growing in that bag. And then you're going to put more groceries in it later. Yeah. Who's going to do that? Nobody. Yeah. Most likely I'm going to scoop the litter up, you know, the kid cat litter in it, and then it's going in the garbage. Well, there right? you go. It's or usable. it's going to line a garbage can in the bathroom or something. <clears throat> exactly. That's exactly what I do. If you look at my little little garbage cans at home, they all have those pla- little plastic garbage bags, right. the little plastic bags I get at the grocery store. I mm-hmm. use them as trash bags. Exactly. And when they get filled up with trash, I tie them up and throw them away. Right. And same thing when I'm scooping the litter box, they I put the, the cat bag. poop in there. Right on. So they have a use. They do. But they, yeah. they're not reusable. But those big, apply. thick plastic things that they give you, it's like, I really feel bad about using those things and throwing them away like that. Because, wow, this is some serious, this is awful. Yeah. You know, to end for this to end up in a landfill. You know, I could see if they made it out of like some kind of plant-based thing or whatever that was organic that was going to break down. That'd be really awesome. Are they chemically treated, these bags? I don't, I don't know. Uh I mean, yeah, because they are pretty. Some of them are pretty strong. They are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, so that's my story about Las Cruces. Um, <laughs> that one. Let's see. What else do I have here? You know, another thing I was wondering about, <clears throat> and I was anxious to get your opinion on this one too, Vicky. While I got you in here, okay. <laughs> <laughs> She's looking at me like, okay. So you know, like during the wow, we're almost out of time. Oh, I cannot believe that's already gone by. What? It has. 
No. It has, guys. All right. So, all right. I'm going to have to hold that till next week. Okay. I'll talk about it later. Vicki, thank you for coming in with thank us Thank you today. for having me. I appreciate coming. It was it's, a lot of fun. It's thank been you. a lot of fun. And I hope everybody has gotten some useful information from what we've talked about today. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you want to send us your questions and comments, email us at Becca at freedomspeaknm.com. You can check out our website, freedomspeaknm.com, where you can listen to replays of all the previous shows and check out the resources. You can listen to the podcast at SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple iTunes. And, of course, you can check out our social media, Twitter, so, uh, True Social, Facebook, um, we're all over the place. Or you can just do a search on Google for Becca Marie, and it just fills up the search results. We're everywhere. And make sure you don't miss our late night show on Saturday night. We're going to be talking about Flat Earth this Saturday night on social media. So freedom is essential to everyone. Liberty and freedom are rights, not privileges. Divided, we're weak. Together, we're strong. It's time for us all to stand up. Open your eyes. Reject division. Tell the Marxists and those pushing the woke agenda and hate, hell no, we We won't comply. We We are are the the resistance. resistance. See ya. God bless you.